Hey, Daniel here from Markers on the Map, and November's here, which means Next Gen is only a few short days away. Join us this week as we begin our countdown of the top 10 PS4 games of all time. Plus, we've got a handful of honorable mentions as this week has been relatively light on news. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Markers on the Map, and thanks for listening. Series S coming out on Tuesday, right? Tuesday the 10th of November? Yeah. Okay. So... What, two days before the 5? Yeah, two days before the PS5. So this is going to be the show that you hear before the next-gen consoles come out, and then we are recording the next one before the PS5 comes out, because we are doing our top 10 PS4 games of all time. And we're not just doing... Uh, one list where each got our own list um, so what we've been doing is kind of compiling those lists up discussing what we're going to talk about and all that stuff so before we get started you're listening to markers on the map a gaming adventure where old and new collide in a vast open world we've got top tens and news and as usual i'm daniel and i'm here with robert How have you been i've been normal How have you been I guess normal is fine. It's it's been quite the week here, so uh, let's distract ourselves for for a bit with some games, right? I mean, yeah, like I mean, it's been it's been slow. I feel like this week's been dragging on. Yeah, honestly. So with the with the next gen consoles coming out next week, since we are recording on the fifth of November, I guess you and I have both been trying to wrap up any current gen stuff we've been working on. For example, I've been trying to finish all my PS, my unfinished PS4 games and kind of get the Switch games out of the way so that I can focus on my launch titles next week or whatever comes out for PS Plus and all that. I mean, it's it's like different because for you, it's like you're getting launch titles. For me, I, how I've always been, I don't really buy things day one anymore. Mm-hmm. So the like only launch titles I'm playing are like the Playroom and then like Bugsnack. Everything else, I'm pretty much just continuing what I've been playing since. Since on the PS4, basically. Unless I can sell you on Godfall before Thursday, right? I don't know. New new IPs are hard to sell on people. They're yeah. really hard to sell. I, everything about Godfall looks pretty interesting. But like I said, I'm always hopeful. I'm never doubtful. Yeah. So, I got lost in the sauce basically this week trying to get a shiny Pokemon. You know how it, you know what happens when I when I go for shiny Pokemon. I get kind of absorbed by that. And um, I might have talked about it last week, Shiny Aeron in uh, Pokemon The Crown Tundra. So the thing about Shiny Pokemon is that you can spend, and I have, like back when I did Zigzagoon, like 20 hours searching for a Shiny. And you realize you're just wasting your time looking for a Shiny Pokemon. And then you realize something else. When you're looking for a Shiny Pokemon and you decide to give up, that's just wasted time. So I think once you're past like the 10 hour mark which I think I might have gotten to with Aaron, it's best to just keep going with it, right? I mean, I mean, yeah, but, like, I don't know why you're even trying. Don't you know the rumor? Which rumor? You gotta go on the truck and move it, oh. and you get whatever shiny you want. Okay. See, I forgot about the truck. It's like I was, move the truck. It's like I was told back in, 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 in my old school days, looking for Mew. But you're right, though, like, spending 10 hours and just being like, eh, I give up. It's like, well, you should have just stopped at the first hour if you were going to, like, think that it was going to be this easy. Yeah. Or you you knew it was going to be this hard, but then you're like, well, it's 10 hours, I'm going to give up. It's like, might as well take the full amount of effort you put into it and at least get something of the reward that you're seeking for. Yeah, I mean, it'll happen eventually because of the way the odds work in, in Sword and Shield. And I get that this has nothing to do with top 10 PS4 games, but... I just wanted to mention that I did get my shiny Aeron, and he's the cutest little thing. He's got red eyes, and 
Oh, it's like my, I've almost got a full box of shinies on on Sword and Shield now. Because it's just something so dear to me that they've made very easy and and better. Is there a shiny Badoof? There is a shiny Badoof, but there's no Badoof in Sword and Shield. He did not get added to Sword and Shield. Come on, though. Isn't it like? I mean, it makes sense the way like each game is a different island, so they want to have the same Pokemon. They have similar and maybe the same, but. They're different, right? At the same time, this is the only Pokemon game that doesn't have all of the Pokemon in it. Mm, true. But um, I'm thinking they're going to remake Diamond and Pearl next year because there's certain omissions and legendary omissions in Crown Tundra mm-hmm. that are pointing towards a remake of the classic, my favorite Pokemon game, Diamond and Pearl. <sighs> but enough about that for now. Let's get into the news. Yeah. Biggest news story in a while. Amazon creator of amazon luna is Mm -hmm. going to start randomly shipping items in super mario themed boxes uh pretty soon here and now you ordering a nintendo item isn't going to increase your chances of getting a box but random things could get shipped in a mario box playstation 5s might come in a mario box xbox series x's and s's and all that will probably come in a box yeah so if you if you wanted to get a little bit of Nintendo advertising on top of your PlayStation or your Xbox, and Nintendo has every right to brag since some sales numbers just came out, and I think Animal Crossing is going to surpass Mario Kart 8 Deluxe here pretty soon in sales. So Nintendo has every right to brag. Um, Mario 3D All-Stars sold like 5.5 million copies almost, and it's you know it's only been out for a couple months. I feel like Mario Kart's been there like, top dog since forever since this since it's dropped on the switch has always been number one yeah and it's like it's only like a an enhanced version of the wii u version so it's like this yeah. mario kart 8 is an enduring title we we want a mario kart 9 but at the same time it's surprising it's not surprising i should say that um they're still riding that success with eight deluxe eventually you feel like since animal crossing will pass it eventually it will die down and then they'll probably release a ninth uh, in the series oh yeah so, do we think people are going to scalp these boxes? Probably. They're by random, more, probably more than ever since it's a holiday season, too. People are just going to get their stuff from Amazon this year. Yeah. And then, you know, be like, oh, I got the box. And then, I don't know right away, but eventually they'll be like, oh, limited edition Amazon boxes. Random chance. Don't know. Because you can't really put how much were made of it. You don't know if there's like, a million of them made or even like a couple thousand but it's hard to tell sure to become a collector's item along with that game and watch that they haven't done pre-orders for yet and i'm worried about because i kind of want it. i mean it's cool but hopefully they don't mess that up we'll see hopefully crossing fingers so as you can probably tell by that joke of that being a like a giant news story it's been a slow news week even being thursday we didn't get much today and i do think that's because there's going to be a lot to talk about in the next couple of weeks um namely uh the week after next week when all the game reviews are coming in and everything so let's just go through some quick things here uh spider-man miles morales is adding the spider-verse suit which has a feature not a bug um that lowers the frame rate of the suit to match the movie and i think it looks really cool in motion <laughs> I, I mean i liked it i saw it like i like i, said, I don't want to be spoiled by it i didn't look too deep into it but i did see the animation of it like swinging through the city and it is pretty cool i can't wait to try that one out um fall guys got a godzilla crossover um i had enough crowns for the top half i would have had enough for both if i didn't buy the messenger top half the other day but i wanted that too so fall guys crossover the godzilla it's pretty cute huh I mean, I, I regret not getting it, and I regret not playing Fall Guys to get enough crowns. But man, crowns for me are hard to get. I don't win. I, I don't think I've still won a single game of that. You might actually still be able to get the costume at this point, and you're probably close to getting a crown reward from your uh, battle pass. I mean, maybe I haven't checked on that. Sonic was up for like a week, so Godzilla is probably still up. Let's see. We've got a new season of Siege coming. You want to tell us about that? Yeah. Uh. I forgot what the new season's called, but uh, this is the last season of the current year. I believe this is year five, maybe. Mm-hmm. I checked on that. Maybe it's year six, but year five. But uh, yeah, new season. I believe they're having it an event on Sunday or Saturday. Maybe, most likely Sunday, I would think. Uh, not really, obviously, a release. like Not releasing it, but obviously having like details when it's going to release, what's their plan for it. But 
they still haven't released that Chachanka rework that they said they were going to drop this current season. And it didn't drop in the beginning. And then people were like, okay, maybe we'll drop at the midway point. Had a whole news trailer and all that. And then had a test server and then never released him. He is still not yet to be in the game and playable. Things like that made me think that maybe the update was too ambitious or made the character too strong. And now there's a whole bunch of rebalancing being done. That's just what it sounds like to me. Yeah, I think that's what it might be is too. Because like people were finding... I mean, it's a whole new rework. So it's... Playing the character completely different, having a new ability, they're going to find a couple bugs here and there for it. And maybe things they don't want to release yet. True. Speaking of updates, EA released their quote-unquote next-gen plan, I guess, for how certain games will work from EA on next-gen systems. And, you know, it's kind of like we I expected. Um, you can play Squadrons on a PS5 and you'll get uh, some lighting updates and xbox series x might get a bit of a frame rate update but from what i can tell there's no meaningful next gen upgrade this will just be something that we've got going in game boost mode same with uh hot pursuit remastered which came out either a couple days ago or is coming out tomorrow that's not going to get a full-on next gen upgrade it's just going to play in your your game with your game boost enhancements so kind of disappointed Uh, it is disappointed i don't know i feel like i feel like the one thing that shouldn't I guess stop a game, I guess it's just the frames. I don't care if it can't play in 4K, I just hope there's no frame lock on it, because obviously some games, they're locked, like they can go beyond, but obviously with everything they lock it at 30, but hopefully at least with quote-unquote, not uh, at least, I guess not upgrades, but they'll be enhanced because of the new hardware, at least oh, yeah. unlock the whole frames, and at least run well, better. Well, Squadrons runs at 60 on a, on a PS4, but to just to have that nail in the coffin i guess for the hope of a next gen upgrade again we're still early in the game cycle yeah but to release something in october and not have a next gen upgrade is weird to me i mean they added all the new stuff for mandalorian but as long as star wars sells they'll add stuff to it probably and on top of that they had a pretty pretty big patch yesterday that fixed a couple of issues yesterday the day before i'm not i'm not sure i haven't downloaded the patch yet all right, so Borderlands 3 wouldn't be some news without some more Borderlands 3 news. Um, they finally released those like heads and skins that the the like obey or the like subscribe obey skins and heads to, you know, the general public that only like streamers I think had access to for over a year. Yeah, it's been over a year. Maybe a year and a month. Yeah, so I got those, so now I can finally complete my collection of Moe's heads on Borderlands 3. I still don't have that TV headgear, which I feel like I did have it, and Yeah, the, you the TV and the skeleton ball. Yeah. I swear I've seen you wearing it. And, like... And I don't know when they gave those. I don't know. I was like, I don't think I was wearing it. But then, looking back, I'm like, I think you were right. I was like, I probably did have those headgears, and I don't know what happened to them. So many weird things happened in that game because of the borderlands curse i was gonna say that i was like i know what it is it's the borderlands curse more on that in future episodes (laughs) so here's a cool piece of news that that came out yesterday um dragon quest 11 s which is the enhanced version that was originally on switch and is now coming to ps4 and xbox and pc i think um released a 10 hour demo so if you want to know if you think you'll like dragon quest i really think that a 10 hour demo is going to give you that indicator oh yeah 10 hour. i mean i think that's more than enough time to think if to know if you want the game or not usually in a jrpg unless you're talking about you know final fantasy 13 a game i love uh you'll be done with the tutorial in 10 hours <laughs> i mean you'll probably be done with the tutorial in dragon quest the traditional more traditional game in a, in a couple of hours and then you know you'll have eight more hours and to to do what you want so this demo is longer than a lot of games are and the game itself can run you over a hundred hours if you want it to and the s version has a lot of cool little additions um i'm thinking the switch version had like a eight bit mode or a 16 bit mode or something i'm thinking they'll probably bring that over new soundtrack and everything so look it's a demo but it's 10 hours you can call it a game if you want <laughs> i pretty much it's probably i mean what is it ground zeros Metal Gear solid that was like oh yeah that game was i would say like 
10 hours, so it's like, is it a demo or is it a game? Well, being separate and all, Ground Zero is just, you can consider that a small-scale game. Maybe. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Maybe it's on like, the level of, like, the tanker chapter, maybe? Yeah, it's like, what is it? Is it a demo? It's still one of those things, like, is it a demo or a game? So it's like, it's one of those weird things. Is it a limbo between demo game? I did put a lot of time into, into Ground Zeroes back in the back in 2014 actually that was one of the earliest ps4 games oh yeah it was a cross gen too it came out for both three and four yeah all right so um among us uh a game that you play that Mm -hmm. i have not tried yet um is getting an update they're adding an account system they're adding new maps or a new map i should say and some accessibility features like a colorblind mode so um how you feeling about among us is progression lately We've known that they were going to make a sequel. They were just going to... They said it before it got big. But as, ever since it got big, they were like, no, we're going to cancel the sequel. So I'm guessing that what I thought so the first time I heard that is that they're taking stuff that they already made for the second one and just putting it as DLC for the first one. And I mean, as long as you keep the game alive and interesting, they add new things to it. And obviously, uh, things that can help people such as people that are colorblind obviously you can't see certain colors and help them out it's going to be beneficial for everybody play i mean i'm big on the accessibility features because i follow a lot of people who talk about accessibility issues in the the gaming community yeah so anything you can do to make your game fun for more people is is i'm i'm on board with that it's always a plus yeah like i've been playing no more heroes the switch version recently and um there's a feature to turn off the motion controls because I don't like to be swinging around the Joy-Cons like like No More Heroes wants you to. Mm-hmm. So you can switch the motion control to just controlling on the right stick. Unfortunately, there's no accessibility options for this like bench press mini game where you have to mash A like so many times within one minute. And it's just like, I guess it's one step forward, two steps back maybe. But um Certain things like that, people might find inaccessible. So, I'm all for accessibility options in games, oh, yeah. no matter how big or how small. Um, I know Last of Us Two has set the the bar pretty much for for accessibility, and uh, Ghost of Tsushima has some really cool little accessibility features in there. Um, Squadrons, the first menu you get is an accessibility menu, so I like that developers are trying to basically the more people that can play your game the better i mean yeah. and if you give them that choice it's 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 very nice it's a good gesture i mean like I said, it's always a plus always nice to see it you know even if no one uses it just the like i don't know but it's, you never know it's someone there can, yeah it's someone there. who needs it yeah it's like maybe not now but someone eventually will need it and that's a good transition to our devil may cry 5 special edition load times which got kind of the embargo lifted on him this week maybe um there's been videos everywhere it's cut down the load times for chapters to from like 58 seconds to like two seconds or something and one of my biggest complaints with this game was the load times i think it's like then i think that's my new thing i mean there's some for each generation it's always something different to complain about for this generation though i think it's been load times yeah i mean it's not been awful awful and you can see that people who take advantage of the hardware, like Sucker Punch did with Ghost of Tsushima, that game, you you couldn't believe how quick that game loads an open world and fast travel in it. But then you've got things like Destiny and unfortunately Borderlands 3 that have like really abysmal loading times yeah. that, that really are going to benefit from next-gen updates because we know that you know Destiny and Borderlands 3 are both getting next-gen updates. Um, so they'll both hopefully benefit not just from game boost but from an update i think destiny too it's a, I've, I've i do play here and there but it's one of those things where i get bored very quick because i just have to travel so much and so it's it's long long loading times you're really on destiny 2 for 20 minutes no exaggeration before you get to do anything yeah so load times thing in the past that's it so like we said slow news week but we do have a Nintendo Direct rumor for you. And I was told to read this in my m- most extreme 90s voice, okay? It's for a game called Turok Annihilation. Already sounds good. 
You love the remasters of Turok 1 and 2 Seeds of Evil on Switch, and you may be waiting to play the further remastered exploits of our hero, but in the meantime, it's Man vs. Dinosaur, an exciting new spin on the Battle Royale genre. It's 99 dinosaurs against one almighty Turok, as players try to take down the dinosaur hunter using fangs, claws, and lasers from another dimension. Choose from over 50 different mutant dinosaurs that Jurassic Park Evolution could only dream of as you go face to face and race the race to be the first to take Turok down. If Turok takes down all 99 of his ferocious foes, he wins. And trust us, he's much harder to take down than some silly mutant dinosaurs. Play as Turok if you're lucky and unleash an arsenal of arrows, guns, and grenades to quickly decimate those devious dinosaurs. Drink keys that you find through levels to power up and make other players cower in fear. You thought Doom Eternal's asymmetrical multiplayer was wild? Just wait until you see Turok in his latest and greatest adventure yet! Pre-order bonuses are said to be skins from acclaimed action movies, you know the ones? Turok Annihilation, the most extreme asymmetrical battle royale ever conceived. So that, that sounds pretty cool. I mean, it sounds great. Uh, I mean, who doesn't like Turok, though? I have, like, Turok Evolution for, like, the original Xbox. As a fan of Turok and an owner of the limited-run games physical copies of Turok for Switch, I cannot be more excited for this. And to have over 50 different dinosaurs to choose from, and, you know, look... Doom Eternal had some asymmetrical multiplayer. Cool. You 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 had two demons against one slayer. But look, at the end of the day, that's nothing. When when the man, the myth, the legend, Turok himself, can just slaughter ninety nine dinosaurs in rapid succession. We all seen different takes on the battle royale genre, but we've never seen a a one v ninety nine where ninety nine players just have to kill the one person. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I'm excited for this. I, there's no release date or no rumored release date, but the, the the this was sent to us in in good conscience that this is probably going to be coming pretty soon. Okay. How would I wonder how would that work? Ninety nine versus one, or can the ninety nine just betray one another? Well, what I'm getting from the rumor here is that Turok is really strong and mm-hmm. can take out the dinosaurs in one hit, and he's probably got you know a health bar that takes ninety nine hits. Okay. I mean. I don't know. He sounds a little too OP. I don't know. Maybe he might need a nerf. I don't know. But we'll see. Well, if it's if it's published by the Borderlands people, they'll probably nerf it, won't they? Oh, that's the wrong math. Yeah. Actually, this is going to be published by Acclaim. Oh, okay. Uh, if Acclaim still exists, I don't... maybe they'll maybe they'll Turok Resurrection for for this uh, new battle royale game. I don't think Acclaim even exists, dude. I don't think they might have went. They yeah, might have went down, disappeared off the map. Well, whatever, guys. Extinct. We've we've got we've got bigger news than just a rumor this week. We have been playing PlayStation Four games for seven years now. Um, actually, next Friday will be the seven year anniversary of the PS Four. But we've got seven years of games under our belt, mm-hmm. and you know we have had a lot of thought go into what each of our top 10 is so the way we're going to do that is this week we're going to do 10 through 6 free for both of us mm-hmm. next week we're going to do 5 through 1 um so the first thing i want us to do is we have some honorable mentions so your honorable mentions and you listeners might be surprised by some of our honorable mentions but trust us we have our top 10 criteria that we that we each went for so yeah. what are your honorable mentions uh my first one that i put on was gta 5 and the reason why is because it came out for the 316 ps3 so it's one of those where like it really was for that gen they just re-released it for this one like i i will say honorable mention because like i said i played it a lot but it is technically the ps3 and 360 game they just re-released yeah. it for uh, current gen uh, next would be Ghost, and you're thinking like, why would I put Ghost on my honorable mention? The thing is, I have yet to play it, but I know it's good from what it's pretty good. Yeah, from what you're telling me, I know it's good, and I know some people might be mad that I haven't played it yet. I just haven't gotten around to it, but eventually I will. I will try it because I know it is that good. Uh, Need for Speed Heat. Uh, a lot of the current Need for Speed games are hit or miss, but my main thing with heat is that it's a good open world customizing your cars doing what you need to do to make your car unique to you but the story is just really short and i and that's what kind of bothers me because need for speed really was a story game it, it was just really a story game at first with the open world added later but now it's really open world but there's really not much to do 
So I yeah. look forward to story. Like I said, I hope there's a Need for Speed that has the 2015 most wanted storyline with the Need for Speed Heat open world, and that would be pretty great. Uh, SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom remake. Uh, the reason why it's not on top ten because it's a remake. But I have nothing against remakes, but it's really just like a HD rehance. It's not like a full-on remake. They didn't add things to it. They just kind of made it look pretty. They made it look really nice for the you know current gen. But I mean, it's a solid game, regardless. But it's not really a, I would say a remake. It's just kind of an HD remake of that. They kind of use the same audio and the same kind of code. I would say it's just the graphics look better. Uh, Uncharted Four, another game where I know it's good. And it's probably in like your top 10, but I just haven't played it yet. But I, I have it. I own it. But I got it right. I, like, I got it not that long ago. So I'm kind of waiting for like the, to get the PS5 so I can play it with like zero load time. So, I mean, it could change. I could say my top 10 later and it's on there. But I know it's going to know it's. I mean, a lot of people really do like this game. And then uh, God Eater. And the uh, same reason. It's one, it's one of those games where it's. It it is on the current gen, but it's been on a different platform either years ago or, or it's just a, a remake or some sort. But this is not necessarily a remake. It's just like a, I guess a definitive edition of it. They made it look like mm-hmm. a lot nicer, but still the same game graphics wise and everything. Does have to be one of the most uh, fun co op games we've played though. Oh yeah, we'll have a whole probably episode of just how much fun we played because I've tried both monster hunter world and god eater but i just like god eater a little bit more because of just how simple it is you just have to go in you can do 20 minutes and then you can get off unlike monster hunter where you have to dedicate a certain amount of time to it uh my next one would be uh black ops 3 only for the zombies mode i i really like treyarch zombies mode um multiplayer was meh for me i didn't like the whole jumping jetpack i'm more of a boots on the ground but the only redeeming thing for this game for me was it's probably the best zombies they probably put out for any uh, Call of Duty. And then my last one would be uh, Outlast 2 because the first one was pretty good, but it was just kind of one of those like cheap jump scares compared to the second one was a pretty good actual like horror story to it. And it did kind of mess with me, but I want to say it's my, my top 10, but it's really it's entertaining enough where I would probably do a second playthrough of it. All right. So my honorable mentions, there's a couple, there's a quite a few, so I'll, I'll get through them real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, God Eater is one of mine, uh, specifically the first one, uh, because that's the one we played for like 80 hours co-op. Um, the third one is also good. The second one is also good. They're all really good, and we will have a God Eater episode sometime in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, another one, The Witcher 3. A sprawling giant open world that had a a full-on card game a great story side quests that were well written um just overall a good game um glad they're gonna do a free ps5 update for that uh another honorable mention for me is metal gear solid 5 a game that i did wait a long time for and is very impressed by impressed that it could hold 60 frames as long as it did um and uh just a lot of fun a lot of variety i know you really like that game uncharted 4 is a honorable mention for me it was hard to not have that one on my top 10 but because of how i decided i'm doing my top 10 based on how overjoyed and how excited i was playing through certain things Mm -hmm. um there's there's 10 games on there that made me feel that excitement more than more than uncharted 4 i mean yeah i feel you on that real quick because it's like it's not i mean top 10 is not just the game itself it's just the memories and the moments and the feelings you have towards it yeah and that's why you might be surprised by some of our picks yeah um battlefront 1 and 2 just your classic star wars multiplayer not much can be said but they are so much fun god of war I'm surprised by that. Probably the one that hurts the most not to have on the top 10, but when I was deciding what would be my number 10, which was the hardest one to choose, I think I'd give the excitement edge to what I have as my number 10. Mm-hmm. Um, Arkham Knight, the sequel to uh, City that a lot of people were down on because of the Batmobile, still I think is the best game in the series, maybe tied with City. Okay. Um, Devil May Cry 5 excellent action adventure hack and slash perfect gameplay so much style and variety bad load times oh yeah 
but we we know that's being fixed with that's special thing of the past it's all in the past um bloodborne my first soulsborne game ever actually Oof. um has a neat a spot near and dear to my heart um i did get the platinum on it with some help from a, a friend who got me into it there will be a souls or difficult games episode in the future too where we'll go into this a little more and speaking of souls sekiro uh a oh game boy. that i don't want to play again but i was glad i had that experience is also a uh, honorable mention and the other two honorable mentions are from this year we have doom eternal wild crazy fast first person shooter with platforming and smooth 60 frames and just all kinds of fun and my last honorable mention will be resident evil 3 remake um a short but amazing game yeah we talked about it a lot last week mm-hmm. um, check not, that out not much more we can say but resident evil 3 is is a really good honorable mention here so now we move into the big ones here mm-hmm. okay so now we're gonna get into each of our top 10 I will say my top 10 game. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about it a little, and then uh, Robert will say his. So we're going to start with my number 10, uh, Danganronpa V3 Killing Harmony. Now, this is probably the weirdest game I have on my um, top 10. This is a kind of detective visual novel um, mystery story. It's the third in the main series of Danganronpa, which is usually about kids being... or not kids i would say like they're like high schoolers being Mm -hmm. trapped and like they have to like find out who killed somebody so that they can go through the class trial and all that but danganronpa v3 is on my top 10 after much deliberation because i played this i finished this game this is like a 40 50 hour game that i played in like four or five days because i was so enthralled by the characters and the story the gameplay and the music it's always been something that danganronpa has done very well take ace attorney mix it in with cool music and you know you've got to find clues you've got to like shoot word bullets at people's sentences and it just something about v3 with an incredible plot twist to where i can't even i wouldn't even think about talking about the game past chapter one until we do an episode on it but who knows if we'll ever do an episode on v3 yeah but there's such a plot twist early on that it just floored me there was an anime of this right uh they animated the first season yes. yeah and then and then like a sequel that wasn't part of the games i remember i i saw like the first season in a couple episodes but uh the, I guess the best way, and this was funny because when I told you about Among Us, you literally said it was this game, but just like they don't have to do continuous, like different imposters. Like it's one of those where there is, I would say, an imposter in the game, and you have to find out who it is. Yeah. So you basically, I say, it's basically like Among Us, but uh, plot. In, in plot, but it takes place. It's very Japanese culture, I would say, yeah. too. Uh, this one has probably the best characters in the series really good voice acting in the english dub um new modes and like mini games because you do mini games in the middle of the the cases it's just Mm -hmm. even going on to youtube and watching the class trials in a danganronpa game be it one two or v3 is you know they're they're two or three hours but they're such a treat everything about it is so cool and i i would be doing danganronpa v3 a disservice by not having it on this list I, knowing how the game is do characters from the other series come to this one like are there recurring characters from throughout the series well there is in the second one but it would be a spoiler for me to say mm-hmm. in this one so if we ever do an episode with full spoilers i'll tell everything there is to tell about tell this the game. tale but i mean the most important thing is just the memories you probably made with this game probably like the cool yeah. things and the twists here and i think that was the probably what made you the yeah. rush of excitement i got from the playing this game the first time can't be replicated because you know what happens but yeah that's what happens with visual novels but i feel like that's the whole purpose that this is why it's on your top 10 because of just the whole on edge and how you were just like really involved and i guess dedicated to the game all righty so what's your number 10 uh, for me, number 10 is a different game. It is uh, Street Fighter V. All right. The fifth in the Street Fighter series. Um, I think this is probably the most fun I've ever had. I guess the only other Street Fighter game that I've had more fun with this one would be 3. 
Third Strike, I really liked it. I liked the characters. I like that they had obviously like this, you know, your standard solid ones in the third one, but they didn't shy away from adding new people to the game, which I always like. It's kind of it's kind of a downer when you just see the same characters over and over again. Yeah. And then obviously new characters, but coming back to five, it's the same thing where it has those characters that you remember. But now since you've played three, you've played four, those quote unquote new characters you may have not liked are now classics in themselves as well. It's like now you see them like, oh yeah, like uh, Ibuki was a third strike character that probably people most people were like, oh, that's kind of weird. But now that you've seen her in third strike four and kind of here and there in other series and now she's a five, you think she's a classic now, which is really cool. Uh, I think this is the best roster in a Street Fighter game. I would be inclined to agree with that. There's like only one other character, and you know what it is. I would say if they don't add Fei Long, which I said I doubt they would add Fei Long, but I like Fei Long. He's my favorite character. But other than him not being in it, everyone else is really solid, and they're all solid fighting characters too. They're none of them I would think are are weak in there. Like like as a character, it's like a joke character. I don't think there's a single like joke character in here. Hopefully, they don't make Dan a joke character when they add him to Street Fighter Five mm-hmm. in the coming coming months because he's he's been one before but let's cross our fingers that that he's not going to be a joke character and is a legitimate dlc fighter i mean like sean was like a joke character in third strike right but then like but in the other versions he was like an actual solid character yeah i think in second impact or whatever it was called that might be an evangelion thing um (laughs) whatever the second one was called yeah he was fine and then i think they reduced him to joke tier but like come on do we need a joke character in a fighting yeah, game? Basically, it's I think joke characters are fine when they're already there in the first game, but when they're DLC, it just kind of stings a little too much. But uh, like I said, the characters are great. I think the graphics are honestly really fine. I, I really like really them. Good. Character models are amazing. Uh, the costumes amazing. Top tier on all characters across the board. It has like some like I said, I, besides the one character, it has like some of my favorite like jury. I think like Ryu jury. G G I love G. He's like my favorite. G is amazing. The world president. He is the world. I like. Oh, uh, I didn't realize he was top. I thought he was like. Oh, uh, he he seems like a joke character, but I didn't realize he was like a top tier character. Mm-hmm. And I can see why because I played him a bit. and I'm like, oh yeah, he is a top tier character. Uh, poison. I just, there's just, there's just a, I think the whole roster. Saw, I guess the only character I wouldn't like. What's that one character that's new to this one? That they try to make him the main Nikali? villain. Nakali? Nakali, yeah. I, I hate uh, him. Yeah, Nakali's not great. He's not that great. And he's, like, fighting against him on, like, hard difficulty is kind of annoying. Because he does a lot of Fong weird is probably low tier. Is he, though? I feel like a lot of people play As far as new characters him. go. I don't think a lot of people play Fong. But when they do, I mean, they're great at him. Yeah, but then again, there's probably so few Fong players that getting great at him is... I don't know. I don't want to make assumptions because I suck at fighting games. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't see many Fong players. I say we're okay at it. I don't think... I, it, we're in that weird limbo where we're better than everyone else, but we're not good enough to go to fight with the pros. I, you would say we're competent at fighting games. I guess, yeah. We're in that weird limbo. I think anyone else we play with, it's like we'll beat them easy, but like I said, an actual pro comes in and we have no fighting chance at all. Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think with five, that's probably top thing because it's probably really good. All right. Let's look at number nine. Number nine, I chose because if it wasn't for this game, I don't think I'd appreciate God Eater. Mm -hmm. So we'll go with Monster Hunter World. Now, Monster Hunter World is the most accessible Monster Hunter to date. And I know this having played three, four, and um, Generations. Um, A lot of the tedium has been taken out for monster hunter world to make it a more pure monster hunting experience you know it's it's fun learning how to fight against the monsters going in with multiplayer um i did beat every monster in the story solo before doing any multiplayer so all the elder dragons including um uh kushaladara that took like 49 minutes and like 50 seconds to beat so i had 10 seconds left so i all those moments for monster hunter like shaking after you beat like rathalos for the first time or rathian for the first time or you know diablos for the first time is like you can't really replicate that um mm-hmm. even in god eater you couldn't replicate something like that because those are such tense moments and you know i've not played iceborne because i think god eater spoiled me by making 
the Monster Hunter formula a lot more quicker, brisk, and, you know, easy to pick up and play. Mm -hmm. But I've spent 225 hours on Monster Hunter. I've got, like, a Valhazak uh, armor set and everything. So I just happen to think that this is... this Putting this at number 9 is doing it justice for me. Yeah, I mean, those, like, 200 hours weren't going to go to, like... Yeah, 200 hours, but it's not in my top 10. That wouldn't make... I don't think that would make much sense. So... Yeah, there's not much more for me to say. I mean, it could do a whole another episode on which one's better, either this yeah. one or God Eater. And you know, there's Monster Hunter Rise coming out for the Switch, which I'll probably play because they're gonna take some of these probably, you know, these accessible additions to World and and to- throw them on to the to the main series. So mm-hmm. it just gives me hope for the future of Monster Hunter. I mean, they're on a roll. They're having a lot of things coming out for the Switch. A lot of new plans yeah. for even for World still. They're still planning a lot for it. And then they have like the movie on Netflix coming out, right? Is it going to be on Netflix? I thought I, I saw it was going to be on Netflix. Well, either way, they're having a new movie. It might be. And I know World just had its last update, mm-hmm. I think, for Fatalis. So, you know, I, I have not played Iceborne. And it's as cool as it looks to me, it's really hard to get back into Monster Hunter after not playing for a while mm-hmm. and getting back into learning how to have the capacity to fight something for half an hour i digress though what's your number nine uh my number nine is jurassic world evolution oh you mean that game that the turok rumor um has has more dinosaurs left that's that's a very good coincidence (laughs) that was my number nine but uh little story i've been a jurassic park fan for the long since i could remember i've watched that movie on vhs the sense i was like three obviously dinosaurs are really cool i think every kid likes dinosaurs but i just i've always been a fan at first because of the dinosaurs but growing up knowing about the books and then like actually watching it not just like oh cool dinosaurs and actually seeing the plot of it i'm i'm still just as much of a fan not only for the dinosaurs but for the story itself so a little game came out in like 2000 2003 2004 early 2000s called Jurassic Park Operation Genesis where uh you just build your own park you literally uh it came out for like original Xbox PS2 and like PC I have the PC version but uh you build your own park and it was really cool but I remember I wanted like the PS2 version because that's what we had me and an older brother of mine really liked we both love the series and we've always dreamt like what if they were to make an HD version of that game and years went on, that idea of it having, like, HD, it's like, oh, that would be really cool. Like, all the new graphics they can do with it, like, PS3 and all that. But I believe this came out, like, what, 2015, 2016? 16, 17, I want to say. I went on there. And then, out of nowhere, because the, the new series just came out, the fourth movie came out, it did well. You know, the fifth one's coming out. Here comes a new game, Jurassic World Evolution. It's the same thing as the other game, but obviously, it's... It's, it's the same concept of building your own park, but they added so much to this game where I had so much fun playing it. It's everything I wanted out of that whole idea of what if this game was HD? And it was that plus more. It was so much things you can do in the game, so much new dinosaurs, so much new technology that they could add now because obviously it's updated. It's not just the old, like, 90... I really, I think the movie takes place in, like, 92. So it's obviously more up-to-date technology uh better graphics better textures and i don't know the the amount of dinosaurs this game gives you is just insane oh yeah i was blown away from how it looks even on like the standard ps4 i've uh put maybe six or seven hours into my copy of it and you know it's you know something like this isn't generally my forte Mm -hmm. but i did enjoy the the vibrancy and the models and the amount of options that you had um it's really full-fledged and you know if you can handle a bit of stress simulation then it's definitely a it's definitely a great park builder oh yeah it's like some things here and there sometimes the islands are a little too small for me i'm like i wish that rock or that mountain was out of the way because it would free up a lot of space but Mm -hmm. that's like my only complaint i think this is like I, it's so good where I plat it. I was like, yeah, I'm platting this game. And I was like, that's when I started begin to like really plat my games. And I said, no, I'm platting this one. It took me a while. There's some things I was confused about. I'm like, I don't 
get what you're supposed to do, but I eventually figured it out and I applied it. There's even like, they're adding so much DLC, they add so much dinosaurs where I haven't even begun to like get those. Like, eventually, I will get those DLCs and play all the new dinosaurs. And I hope they continue to support this game or have more Jurassic Park games because I love. I, I I say it right here now. It's probably my most favorite franchise, ever. Nothing can top it. It's like your Star Wars, basically. Basically, it's nothing can top this. Anything that they do, I'm 100 percent behind it. Obviously, I'm not going to be blindsided by it. There's some things that they obviously didn't do right, but as a whole game itself, it's great. It's everything I've always wanted, and it has like my favorite dinosaur there, so I'm happy with it. Alrighty then, let's move on to number eight. My number eight is Street Fighter V, which was your number 10. Um, Street Fighter V, the game I've probably played second most of all time, uh, especially considering I spent probably three hours a day on Street Fighter V the first three months of release because I was in college um, at the time. And I, what I did was my work and my classes and played a little bit of Street Fighter V. So I've been with it since day one. Mm-hmm. And it's only gotten better with content updates. Um, arcade mode got added like two years after it came out. Surprisingly, for a fighting game, it didn't launch with an arcade mode or a giant roster or anything. So I've I've gotten all the season passes. I got the championship upgrade because it came with like eight hundred dollars worth of costumes. And you know, the costumes in Street Fighter Five are amazing. You got costumes for Cammy. Uh, juries are pretty cool seth has really cool costumes and we've gotten to the point where we're at like 40 characters now i think um with five more coming you know we we talked about street fighter 5 a little bit already and you know any of these games on our top 10 episodes can and probably will get their own dedicated episode in the future yeah. but we wanted to do this before ps5 came out so street fighter 5 is going to be updated at least through next year going by what the Season Pass 5 uh, looks like. With the PS5 game boost mode or a potential hopeful next-gen update for Street Fighter V gives us better loading times, I think this is the best fighting game ever made. And I, I don't say that lightly. They did say that they were working on 6, but it's not going the way they want it to. So they're taking yeah. it back to the drawing board. But I think... I didn't mention with this, but I think the reason why I like this game so much is just it feels so good to fight in this game. Like, every other Street Fighter game, they have their little things. Like, 2 is broken. You have to have grown up with that game because playing it now, it's very broken. A lot of characters are underwhelming. A lot of characters are overpowered. Uh, 3 is solid. I actually think 3 was, like I said, it feels just like this one. It's really solid. Uh, But 3 does have its, like, broken parts here and there. 4? I was kind of iffy on 4. I don't know. I didn't really like 4. It's like, I could take it or leave it. Alpha was alright, but I think this is the most solid one out of all the series. It has everything Definitely. right. going. Everything's going right for this one. And has the best costumes. Mm-hmm. So what's your number 8? My number 8 is a game that we've discussed before. It came uh-huh. out this year, I believe. Yeah, it came out this year. It is the remake for Destroy Humans. Another one of those games where I played as uh, as a kid. I played the sequel, but then I found this one. I didn't know that the, the sequel was a sequel. I thought that was just one game, but uh, I found the original, played it. I still loved it. Regardless of how good the sequel compares to this one, I still like this one because it's unique and it just has a certain charm to it. So one of those, you know, dream HD remakes. Like, oh, what if they were to remake this one? And here comes THQ uh, Nordic after years of, you know, not really doing anything with the franchise. They say, yeah, we're going to do a full remake uh on edge the whole time i was you know waiting to play this game got it uh the day it came out and it's like i said it's from the episode that i said it's a solid remake it doesn't take away anything it just it's the game that you know but it adds so much and it's so much better like they've added so many things to where it's like the whole like my favorite thing that they added was the whole skate uh equipment where you can just hover uh through your feet and you just use it like a skateboard. You can just hover around. You can travel really quick. And everything's just solid with it. The graphics, the gameplay, the story. They added new things that were cut out from the original game. Challenges for people who love to do, you know, completion and all that. It's great. 
uh, plat run. I, I still need to plat it, but I'm like 74% there, so I'm almost there to the plat. Good uh, remakes like that could potentially pave the way for sequels or even further remakes, I think. Oh, yeah. I wish that they make the second one, redo the third one, and then make a for- and actually make a fourth one that takes place in the 80s. Because mm-hmm. this one takes place in the 50s. The second one takes place in the... 60s, third one takes place in the 70s. I hope they make a fourth one that actually takes place in the 1980s. You already had a full episode on this game, but it's just I just think it's really solid, and it it, it actually it didn't take away anything. It just added more to an already good game. You can't complain with that. And you know what else you can't complain about being remade? Our number seven, because we both have the same number seven, and I think this is the only time that this happens on this list. I think I said this before to you why this one's higher than Destroy Humans. Like, even though I like Destroy Humans more, I just think there's a better remake that came out for this yes. generation. And you know it, you love it, Resident Evil 2. What is there most to say about it? We've said it enough in the last episode, yeah. but we'll see. I was say like, more we, we, we spent a whole episode, well, most of our discussion last week was on Resident Evil 2. So this week, I thought what we could do is discuss something that we didn't discuss. Um, last week and that is the portion of the game where leon is in the prison cells and mr x crashes through the wall how tense was that moment for you oh yeah when you're talking to the guy and he's like get me out get me out and then just mr x pops out of nowhere i always no. Just, I'm, like... I'm talking about when he's in the cells trying to escape and mr x just blasts through while oh. all the zombies are coming at you and you have to use all your grenades and stuff i think mr x in general any moment with mr x like that is just intense no matter what's like I feel like that moment of Mr. X chasing you could be any moment of the game, realistically. It's like you say, yeah. oh, m- remember that point where Mr. X chases you? It's like, which one? Mr. X always chases me. <laughs> but and and, and to great. have him turn into like such a boss fight at the oh, end. Yeah. It's like, once you had the rocket launcher, I think, you're like, no, no, no. Mr. X is nothing. We got this. Yeah. I mean, he's a solid like mini boss, and then he's a solid boss at the end. Having Resident Evil 2 as number 7 is such a testament to the the power a remake like this can have because i between the two of us we've probably played 300 350 uh ps4 games Mm -hmm. um considering you know we get two free from plus every month and we often try those out you know there's been seven years of games and you know if you get a game every month or two it's like okay you've played quite a few but um to have a remake in the year 2019 be on the top 10 of at least both of our all-time PS4 games is is a pretty good achievement for Capcom. Oh yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's not just a remake; it's legit a whole reboot remake where it still feels like the same game, but it's such a different game. Where yeah, this feels familiar, but it's different in such a good way where it doesn't turn you off from how you felt from it. It's like no, this is a whole new experience that I'm willing to like dive into it again because it's going to be great. Alrighty, so. Our final games of this first half of our top 10 will be our number 6. My number 6 of all time for PlayStation 4 is Red Dead Redemption 2. (laughs) This is the prequel to the original uh, Red Dead Redemption game starring Arthur Morgan. And what a completely realized absolutely stunning amazingly cinematic and perfectly acted story of how um you know outlaws are being phased out of the west yeah it's you, it's the beginning of the of the dying west it's the yeah, right it's when the it beginning starts. of the end starting with like a three hour trudge through snowy landscapes this game turns into such a vast massive open world that when I think of markers on the map, I think of this game because there's just so much to do. There's so much to see. Everywhere you turn the corner, there's a new beautiful landmark, trees, um, canyons. Um, everything is so fully realized. I, I honestly think my only complaints about this game are that everything is a little me- more meandering than I'd like to. So it's not a game that you can sit down and play for a couple minutes and be satisfied. This is a fully immersive you know saga where you could go to a vaudeville show and watch it and it's literally like 20 minutes of arthur morgan watching people like sing and throw fire everything is so realized oh yeah i think is 
this deserves a whole another episode. Maybe its own Red Dead, I guess, episode, or even like a Rockstar episode. Like I, I will tell I you here Red and Dead. now, listeners, there will be a Red Dead Redemption Two episode in the future. Because that's such a good game. I, I waited after playing the first one and how good like the open world and like the whole nature of it. The second one just took my breath away. Just like the landscape of how everything is. You get you know beautiful mountains to like really swampy waters to hot like really hot desert areas to nice lush forests and then there's like dead forests where like trees are chopped down or and i I think what makes this game really good is just how much detail they put into every little thing i know some people may not like it but when your weapon obviously like degrades obviously you don't take care of it it well yeah that's a that's a complaint on my end but everything else is so fully just realized that i can overlook the small things but but i like that i like the whole that you have to take care of not only the things around you such as your companions such as animal buddies but even the character yourself because if you don't yeah. shower for a couple of days people are going to start saying you know you don't smell it, too it feels nice. like we can appreciate it for being a once in a generation thing yeah because not a lot of games have that much attention to detail oh yeah it's like i said we have to do a whole another episode of it but the weight the playing the the time the moment you start the game you're in a in a beautiful snowy mountain and I feel like it's one of those weird games where the snow level's the first level. That's yeah. not a lot of games do that, but I know I know a game that does that, but that's for later. That's a, that's a whole nother cake. <laughs> um, let's hope that the PS5 really improves the load times and frame rate for RDR2 mm-hmm. because if it does, it's time to put that game back in and play it some more. I will gladly. I'm. I was replaying it, but I said, you know what? If the PS5 is coming out and it has an HD version or like an enhanced version, I'm playing it on that because I will gladly replay it. And your number six? Uh, my number six is a game I've talked about here and there, and that's Rainbow Six Siege. Uh, I picked this up uh during Operation Blood Orchid. Uh, I remember my friends were like, oh yeah, or at least one of my friends was like, no, I own that game, and he was like, it's pretty fun, and then. I've never really been a competitive, like, first-person FPS person at all. I've always just kind of been, like, eh, they're kind of here and there, Call of Duty kind of here and there, but something about Siege, it just changed. You know, I, I, like, play Overwatch now here and there with my friend now. I've been playing it recently with him, but I have to say it's because of Siege that made me appreciate really competitive first-person shooters because... I don't know, it's just, I know people don't like the game for its competitive nature, which obviously it is, every game has a competitive nature to it, but I I just really like those moments where it's a 1v1 scenario, and you have to, you know, it's the last round of the game, and you know, this is, this is it, this is all or nothing, you know, you, either you win it, glory is yours, or you lose, and you know, you feel like, you know, oh, I could have done something different, but obviously there's those moments where you don't get the win and you're just kind of like oh man what could have done you know when the game what could have done different this and that but when you do just win those games where it's all on you it's you just one person where even like it's a 1v2 and you just get that feeling of just like success you're just like yes like i won i clutched that game for the team it wasn't like like it is a team-based effort but i clutched that game because everyone else was out of it and it was all up to me to win it it's like i've i've said it before it's one of those like hyper stress games that i could never you know engross like sure i could try it yeah could i engross myself in it i don't know about that no but, like power to the people who you know can deal with those super stress games like like a tactical um shooter like a uh, rainbow six siege yeah it's like i know it's not for everyone and that's fine it's not everyone's cup of tea it doesn't have to be everyone's cup of tea i still feel like siege to add a casual mode here and there for players that just casually want to play because sometimes you don't want to really sweat it every time you want to play a game of siege because it it is really good mechanics it is really good boots on the ground uh combat you know there's not a lot of like those weird like bunny hops that characters can jump like spam jump and all that it does have Mm -hmm. its faults here and there but i think it it just became something it's always wanted to be and it could still change regardless of what people say it is at the moment i just feel like the t- the team at USA is dedicated enough to actually do things to actually make a difference. If something's broken, they'll try to fix it to the best of their ability. And mm-hmm. it takes a lot of effort to ch- kind of change these like games are are life services because this game obviously is uh, player versus player. You can't really 
take off the player of his player because there's no real single player to play it. So, uh, like I said, they're still planning to do a lot of things with this game. They're not done with it yet. It's going to continue on for the PS5, so I'll be there for the 4K 120 frames that they promised that was going to be for it. So, I'm in it as long as they, you know, they fix it. They're they're not going to give up on it. I'll stay, regardless of how many times I say, <laughs> no matter... It's one of those games where, like, I have those days where I'm like, no, what? I'm not playing this game no more. This game is dumb. I don't want to play it. I just have those bad days. But then, like, the next day, I'll be like, oh, I'm playing the same game again. And, you know, props to the development team for not making this uh, annual franchise like some other development teams do with other shooter franchises. Oh, yeah. Alrighty then. So that takes care of 10 through 6, which leaves next week's second part for 5 through 1 our biggest and best games for each of us and honestly for me at least and i know for you some of the greatest games for any console ever especially i mean we've got at least one or two of my favorite games of all time coming up next week so Mm -hmm. we'll make sure and talk about those so we're here it's november this is the second to last episode before consoles come out and then after that we'll have tons of ps5 news So get ready for the second half of our top 10 next week, and then PS5 review and kind of discussion the week after that. As usual, we'd like to thank you for listening and supporting us. Um, It really makes us feel good, and, you know, we've been been working hard on this, so we're glad people are listening. Um, You can check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify now, and I'm still working on a few other things. Uh, Some other things are being a little difficult. But, you know, we'll get there. And, hey, it's like we always say. At the end of the day, the real Pac-Man World Rally was the friends we made along the way. So we'll see you next time. Bye.